0: Blob Talk Radio
3: bye, bye. Time. You just don't understand You always give to others But no one will lend a helping hand I've been there before Where you act don't think that you're by yourself Sometimes you gotta let it all out Don't leave your feelings on the show
0: where we say. I
2: am your host, Tina, Minister Tina, and I will be joined in a second by my co-host, Mrs. Tamala St Sinclair. Um I stated a uh, week before last that we would um, I will be posting uh prayers for our children um, every day for the month of September. And today is the 12th and the subject was courage and the prayer starter was Father, may my children always be strong and courageous in their character. Deuteronomy. I am going to get Ms. Tamara on the line, and we will be able to go into our topic discussion of authority abuse. Good
0: evening, Tamara. How are you?
2: Good evening, Minister. How are you? (laughs)
0: I'm,
2: I'm well. I'm well. How's it going?
4: Everything is going well. Been a busy class week and weekend, but I think the plan is landing.
2: <laughs> well, how was it with the children starting back to school? They've been good.
4: Everything's been smooth. They're excited about being in the third and fifth grade. Um, so, so far so
2: good. I know I was excited, uh, with my children all my children going back to school. I got a senior in high school. I have a third grader and my little one, she went to pre K, uh with no head start. And she was like super excited to get up she's excited every day to get up, put a backpack on, get dressed in a uniform and it's just it's a great experience. Uh that my husband and I we uh walk her to school, we pick her up or you know, we kinda switch out we switched out one time, but most of the time we go together and we pick up up together so it's just exciting to just it's exciting to see her finally get back in school, so it's a little hectic but I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm glad they I'm glad they back in school and stop eating up all my groceries.
4: <laughs> I think that's everybody's <laughs> sentiment who kids with home all summer. Uh, the, the, they got groceries now. The light bill gonna go down. <laughs> they got
3: I'm peas in my
2: That's that's I'm, yeah. I, look, a, a gallon of milk was gone. It was gone. <laughs> you
0: know, I it's needed funny I needed,
2: needed, Go ahead. I said. I Not thought food. I was gonna have to go get me a cow.
0: That milk, milk they, and cereal wasn't
2: lasting. But they
4: only eat it cause it's there to eat, like. True. Or they're there to drink. If they was occupied with other stuff, then they want it. Like during the week, like for example, with some school is back in, you know they get home from school and they want a snack or whatever. So you find them a snack until you get ready to give them dinner. But then in the summertime it's like they want, they want breakfast. They want a snack, then they want lunch. Then they want a snack, then they want dinner, then they want a snack.
2: <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I'm telling you, so I was. Well, look, I thought I was a chef this summer, like really getting up and making breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and baking cookies. I was like, oh
0: my goodness,
2: my hat go off. You know, this is my first real season of um, being a stay home mom. You know, I've been a stay home mm-hmm. mom for three years. So it's is okay. this my first real season. This is my first real season of this. So I'm now, I'm I'm just now getting adjusted to, like, yeah, you know, this is how it goes. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, because there's a but lot I'm, of work. I'm happy school started back, though. I'm
4: sure, because you get the house to yourself for a couple hours to breathe and meditate and. Do some stuff that mama wanna do without the kids tagging
2: behind you begging for something. Oh. Man. <laughs> so you ready Oh, you oh that, that's a whole nother show. Mama gotta have a <laughs> life too. <laughs> but you ready to um you ready to jump into our topic of authority abuse? Yes, yes I am.
4: Um I'm kind of glad we sidetracked it from last week and did a replay, just because there was so much going on. But you know, just looking into your own personal life and other relationships that you've had with people, um, mm-hmm. and then just stuff that you've observed, even whether this in the workplace, the church, or whatever the case may be. This is this is a very interesting topic, and it's probably a topic that a lot of people don't want to. Again, we 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 touch the the hot stuff. People don't want to really talk about it. They think of this. Certain kind of way, or feel a certain kind of way about certain kind of things, but don't really address
2: it. Yeah, I um, I definitely know it's a, a lot of a lot of topics. It's it's not that we're tearing down the church. These are things that go on in the body of Christ that hinder people from coming, right. and it's not so much hindering from coming to church. It hinders people from coming to Christ because they can see the same imperfections inside the church that they see in the world, and it's very um, it's very hurtful to people. And if you don't have someone addressing the things that they see, you have a lot of people going astray. Because uh, that's true. as much as peop as much as people see the positive and the feel good, they see that negative and it cancels out the positive. It really does.
4: Well, you know, that's the anything. The negative always outweighs the positive because that's just kinda how uh people look at things. They would rather dwell on the negative than embrace the positive, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I want to start. Um, I want to say the best for last because we always, we always kind of, we are getting on the church leaders right now. So I want to just kind of push them to the back for just one
0: second. We're not okay.
2: gonna let them slide, but we we we're not gonna let them slide. But we gonna we gonna we gonna take it easy on them. Just I want to start with authority abuse in business, like um, with bosses, uh, because a lot of people. Um, I know I dealt with it. I know I dealt with some people that abused authority a lot, um, working, and it came down to people. It's like they'll try to butter you up. They'll talk to you. They'll make you promises, and they wouldn't get you your right. You know, your bosses they wouldn't get you your raise. They want to have you working and and doing so much and then they would, okay. like, micromanage you, and you would be, you know, micromanaging and stressed. And my main problem was being overworked and underpaid, and the response to that was always, like, crack the whip, like, make them work even harder for nothing.
4: You okay, okay? I'm
2: following
4: you. Huh? I said I'm following you. I, I, I
2: know... Yeah, no, where I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> you said I'm doing that. but I'm just saying. Um, a lot of times with bosses, uh, when when they when you have the bosses that um cause a lot of stress, they cause a lot of stress in your life, and they are they're like bullies in the sense, like when you go to you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I know I have in several arenas where you go to work and it's like. It's just stressful from the time you get there to the time you leave. It's like you dread it, but you don't have any choice but to go because you need the money. Okay. I, went through situa- I went through situations as far as, like, being to work at 530 a.m. and not leaving out to 12 o'clock a.m. the next day. Like having no sleep, no break, just constantly running, 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 and it's like this person could never be satisfied with what you do. So it's like they will they will run you down, and a lot of people quit jobs. They quit jobs. They go off to start their own businesses because these managers do these type of things. And when I looked at when I looked it up about a, abusing authority. It says most of them, they use intimidation to get success. They try to make everyone feel equal. They intrude on others' privacy. They encourage, and they encourage failure. It's like they, they set goals that they know you can't obtain. And mm-hmm. the main thing I really faced in the work field was if you did not sleep with the managers, you could not be promoted or you could not, Make a certain amount of money. Okay. And I and I felt that, that I I felt that that was like really harsh because it was like no matter how no matter how great of a worker you were, you were never you know you were never going to be able to shine or you know get the recognition that you had if you didn't lay on your back. And I felt that was the worst abuse uh, abuse of authority that I ever had to see in my life. Wow. That's as far as, as I'm saying, as far as business is
1: concerned.
4: Right, right, right. Is that why you're um or a stay at
2: home mom? Uh, I'm a, I'm you know what, well, yes. I really was um after after coming from after the relocation, I needed to I needed to get myself together. Like literally I was on the verge of losing my mind. Of just okay. just the, the stress the, Just the stress that was piled upon me That I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons Today I'm a stay home mom Other than the fact that my husband Asked me to I, I gladly accepted for that reason Okay I just okay. I could not see I still cannot see myself getting up Every day and punching someone's someone Else's clock that's why I worked the way that I do to build my business, build my business, and build my ministry, because I, I don't see it—I don- I don't see it in my future. <laughs> well, well, I want to be like you
4: when I grow up. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, well you gotta me, go got, got to go through what I went through. I got to go punch a clock on it every day, except for Saturday and Sunday. But um, I totally understand. Um, what's I miss the, it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that, consists, well, that consistent check makes make a difference.
4: Of course, two incomes always is, 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 is a much better <laughs> position, naturally, than one. But hey, if you make it work, y'all a team, so you mm-hmm. know what what you're a home. So you're home. You're making sure the family is together. you make sure the home is together. You're making sure because your husband is the only one that is working, um, that things are comfortable enough for him to do what he needs to do so that you can tend to the kids and then there's no stress when it comes to that. I definitely am mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and then in other ways I don't. So um, I, I, I get it. Oh, there right. is abuse in the workplace. Um, mm-hmm. I've never had situations or a situation where um, I was personally being picked on or personally mm-hmm. being targeted. However, I have been in situations where I've witnessed things that happen. I've witnessed um, managers pinpoint people out because of their race or because they were different, mm-hmm. um, because maybe they didn't catch on as quick as other um, employees did, you know, constantly degrading them, you know, calling them out in meetings, you know, being disrespectful and rude. Um, which is really unfortunate because in a workplace, a a coworker or a worker and manager, supervisor, or whatever, there's supposed to be a certain type of relationship there so that if I do feel a certain kind of way, if I feel like I need to express myself or if I'm having some issues, whether it's personal or work-related, I should be able to trust my supervisor or my manager, and go to them and talk to them about what it is, and one not worry about it, then discuss with someone All else. Right. But then, two, knowing that I'm, you know, that open door policy that you hear so much about in corporate America, I just think it's a cliche that people use when they really don't mean it. Um, like in the past, and past employers or whatever it was, always a concept. Not good enough. There was never, you know, thank you for what you do, do. You know, we appreciate the hard work you right. do before. You know It was always, well, we didn't do this and y'all didn't do that. And we didn't make our goal because you didn't mm-hmm. do this and y'all need to do better. You know, and that and that messes with the morale in the workplace. And I don't if for anyone that's a supervisor or that's a manager on, on any type of level, Morale is important in order to get your employees to really produce the way that you need them to them produce, whether it's a cashier at McDonald's or it's a secretary at a, at a corporate law firm or the janitor that's cleaning up the building, whomever mm-hmm. the employees are. If the morale is bad, you're not going to get the best of your employees. You're going to get par work, mediocre work, subpar work. You're not going to get
3: mm-hmm. their
4: full potential which in return you're now you're that opens up another can of worms because now you're you're chastising them or you're criticizing them for not working hard or not producing their best quality of work or whatever. Right. And there's so many other underlining issues that's preventing them from even being able to do that. Because for one, if I don't trust you, it ain't a whole lot I'm gonna do for you anyway. I'm gonna do bare right. minimum. I'm gonna do just enough that's gonna keep me employed. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So abusing power in the workplace is bad, Um, and it's it's a domino effect because then I'm talking to you, you talking to Jim, Jim talking to Sally. Now we're in our lunchroom and we are together talking. So now you got the negativity being fed to other individuals. So now they're tapping into their personal situations or they're tapping into things they've seen. Right, and before you know it, you got a whole office of disgruntled employees. The supervisors don't have a clue of what's going on or even know why, or might not even care. Right. But it matters. So when you're in a position of power, you got to be, one, okay with working with individuals that's just as strong minded or strong willed as you. Two, you have to be willing to to receive feedback, receive suggestions, um, and then be open to other things like changes. You know, don't be so cast iron. Ruler where it's my way or no way because your way not not always right. be the right way, no matter what field um, you're in. And then, three, you got to be personable with your employees because if you're not personable with your employees and I don't trust you to come to you, then there's a big disconnect there. And you know, we spend most of our days um, at work, our children spend most of their days at school. So
3: cool. if 90% yeah.
4: of my day is at work, I got to be in a position or in an environment, one, that I'm comfortable enough in where I can keep my mind saying, you know, do what I need to do to be a productive um, individual at work so that it does open up doors for raises and promotions and, you know, kudos or whatever else that might come, depending on what it is that you do. But if you're in a position where you just don't, you don't trust your supervisor, your supervisor is a tyrant, and, Collectively, your coworkers as a whole have bad morale, bad experiences, and no no changes in place, it's going to fail before it ever succeeds. That ship's going to sink.
2: Yes, it is. And believe you me, I have got to see a lot of people crash and burn. And I even know myself um, of one of the things um, I used to supervise students. So you would you know, you try to re you try to relate to people and you know, you try to keep a peaceful environment but sometimes you could get too com you know, you may get too comfortable with people and they get comfortable they get too comfortable with you and right, right. it 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 it's just it's it, it just go, it just goes south because I had a lot of people just understand like, Oh oh she nice, she, you know, Miss Gray, nice. She she'll understand. And I had a lot of people not show up to work. I had a lot of people forging time on time sheets. And when you bring it to them, it's like they get upset with you because you're doing your job, but it's partially your fault because you shouldn't have made it so where your friends. True. And sometimes that's, true. that's. And I didn't look at that as authority. I didn't in the beginning. I didn't look at it as authority abuse. But it is because those are not your friends. You know, those people are not your friends. You can't really have a, you know, you have to establish authority from jump. And if you don't, it's for failure. And so as I work towards, like, hey, I'm the supervisor, you're the, you know, you're the worker, You know, some people didn't, they didn't understand it, but I got better results because they knew if you don't show up, you know, you're not going to get paid for a time that you're not here, period. And it was like they, you know, I had, you know, it was in a sense teaching them responsibility of making sure that their time was verified It was somebody had to sign them in, somebody had to sign them out, they had to get a signature for the day that they were there by, you know, by a staff person. So it, it worked out a little bit better for me later to not like you know it's okay to be like hey how you doing how's everything going okay if they have a problem you could come in they could come in and talk to you but as far as like after work we gonna go shopping or after work we gonna go out to dinner you know that 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 make that creates habit. so you have to yeah. make sure that you're you have to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do as a manager and you definitely don't want to. Um, you definitely don't want to cause stress on people, and no one likes to deal with somebody that's angry. That is the worst. That that is so stressful because you like walking around on eggshells. And I've, I've I've had I've I've had to experience that also, but I'm out, I'm out of that situation, so I'm glad. <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, I I also so think what that. Go um, well, ahead. Yeah. No, I also think that it's important to remember that what you're at work for. You know what I mean? I think people right. get caught up in trying to be friends or trying to be on somebody's good mm-hmm. side or trying to impress um, individuals. You know, undercutting your coworkers because you're trying to get the spotlight. Or whatever, and at the end of the day, there's a job that needs to be done. You're being paid to do a job, including the supervisors and the manager. You're being paid to do a job, so go in there and do what you need to do. Come on up out of there, and don't worry about the risk until the next day. Right. Um, people take right um, for granted that you even have a job because there's yes. so many people that wish they had one that don't. You know, and it's unfortunate when you have those individuals. I will give you an example. I used to work in education,
0: and
4: I used to talk to a lot of older individuals who might have been in their industry for 20-plus some years, right? But because they don't have Mm -hmm. a degree, they don't get the promotions or they get overlooked um, for the next level. Um, And then you Mm -hmm. have an individual – that's in their early 20s that just graduated from college and they got the degree. So they come in and now they got to train them to do their job because they've been there for so long. But you didn't get that job because you didn't have a degree. So I have a 21-year-old coming in. I'm 45, 50 years old. I'm training this 21-year-old to do the job that I've been doing. I'm qualified to do based off my experience and my work ethic, but because I don't have a piece of paper and I'm not downplaying degrees because that's extremely important. But because I don't have, back in the days and, and, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you didn't need a college degree. You can go into a certain field, certain trade, certain industries, and work your way up. The you didn't have to have
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, a degree. So now a lot of companies are moving more towards you got to have degrees, you got to further your education, and I'm all for that. But it's unfortunate when you have individuals that just got out of college at, at my <laughs> – we say we're behind the ears, don't know the industry. All you know is the big part of it. You don't know right. the actual physical labor of it. But you're going to come in and you're going now because you have the degree and you're in the management position, you're abusing that because you feel like you're better than the people that's been here for 15, 20 to 25 years. I, I used to have people right. come in and tell me their stories all the time, and it was so unfortunate how they were treated by management and the company itself merely because they didn't mm-hmm. have a piece of paper. But I've, I've sweat, blood, sweat, and tears for this company, helping to build this company up. I'm more than qualified for the manager managerial position. I just don't have my degree. Instead of promoting and supporting those individuals saying, hey, I need you to go back to school. We got tuition reimbursement or we'll help pay for some of your classes." Right. Or You know, we don't want to, give this to someone else because you've worked hard for it. It, it kills morale, and then it, you bring individuals in, again, snub-nosed college student that just got, out of high, just got out of college and don't really know anything about life, for one, and then for two, don't really know anything about the position other than what he learned in the classroom. They come in with right. their chest stuck out, and now they want to be – Award, like, do this this way, you're going to yeah. do this this way and my way, and you don't even know how to work the machine, or you don't even know how to do this, accounting, <laughs> you know, journal, or, yeah. you know, whatever the field is, you know, and it's, and it's sad because you lose a lot of good people because your approach to the situation is incorrect. And it, I used to sit in there and listen yeah. to some people talk to me and be like, "Hey, you got talked to like that, or, you got treated it like that, and then I get thinking about myself like, there's no way I'd be jobless because you're not going to talk to right. me and, de- and demean me like I'm a two cool year old and I'm your child. And, and some of these people were disrespecting on so many levels merely because they didn't have a degree. Um, and, again, I'm not saying yeah. degrees. Education is extremely important. But, again, for those that's in management, those that run businesses, own businesses, or have some type of space, so, on how things are done. When you have faithful employees, committed employees, dedicated employees, and all they're missing to get to that next level is a piece of paper or a degree or education, help them get there. Motivate them to get there. Support them. Offer tuition reimbursement or offer some on-site training opportunities to get them to get where Mm -hmm. they need to be, but to totally disregard who they are as individuals and who they've been for your company that's another way of abusing your of your is another way of abusing your authority it, your it's authority. not right yeah
2: and um i wanted to just say this briefly before we switch to another area i know where i, I left uh i'm not going to name drop but i know the place that i left um we had a change of administration uh probably i'm going to say a year was it a year Probably within the year that I left We had changed the whole administration We got a um, new president And he brought a staff okay. And a lot of the One of the, the people Like the person that came over The department that I was in I was older than him You know like and I was still Like <laughs> a, young, a young A young employee And you know he was Like it wasn't even 25 but you know he had he had worked he he worked his way through the ranks he was in class for his uh, masters his his b a and when I just what you described is literally sometimes he could be a tyrant, and mm-hmm. the way he talked to some of those people like a lot of the administrators, they were like he they had grandchildren older than this this young man and right. right. When I, you know, when I, you know, when after getting to know him, he was, he was, you know, overall, he was a good guy. He was just a stickler for deadlines and making sure things were on, you know, on time. And then when you really realize how management goes, it, it's the uh, you know like the trickle down. Basically, the head says something and it trickles down. And so it's like if the if the big boss is riding all the managers, the managers are gonna rat their department. So when you understand how it works, you can understand why you know I understood why he you know after a while became a, a stickler for meeting the deadlines and doing things that need to be done. But sometimes you have to be mindful, even being younger, you know, you still have to respect your elders. And some of the some of the things of, of how some of the other people were talked to, it was just, like, very disrespectful just to just... It was very disrespectful just to, like, tell somebody, like, you don't know what you're doing and... When I say this person been doing this job like while you were in diapers, this person was working this job what yeah. you're you know like what you're saying of this person who has been on this job for thirty years and have gradu- you know been a part of classes graduating and you know seeing people get married and there and seeing their students children grandchildren great grandchildren like you know it you have to be careful of how you, come in, how you come in and how you're talking and treating people because at the end of the day, like you said, you have a lot of the book smarts. But to actually come in and run a department and, and, and make your department cohesive where everybody worked together and you, the word you said was morale. When you can come in and establish a good morale and build people up and let people know what you, you know, this is what's expected of me. So if this is expected of me, I expect this of you versus coming in and just totally down and degrading what somebody is doing. And I believe that anybody that steps into a um, managerial or supervisory position, they need to be constantly doing personal development to help them deal with every type of person, even understanding their own even understanding their own leadership style and their strengths and their weaknesses, so that way you know that if you're dealing with a subject that's kind of a subject area or or a project that you're weak in, don't be don't be a tyrant. Let people you know actually let allow people to do their jobs, and you will see how much better that it comes about. Than to just you know it's like just just call stress like calling someone you know calling someone ten minutes out the day uh, every time you look up there's an email there's an email coming in when work is over at five you are still sending emails and text messages between nine and twelve a.m. to the fact I can wake up to an email or a text message that you just sent in the wee hours of the night. Like that is, you need to learn when to cut it off. <laughs> really?
4: Yeah, that's overboard. And well,
3: I'm on, and I'm, and it. I'm not.
2: And I said I'm not making this up. I'm, I'm telling the truth. Okay. <laughs>
4: before we switch channels, is there any
0: listeners that want to chime in on abuse in the workplace?
2: Not right now. Well, where do you want to go next, parenting or relationships? Uh, Let's do parenting. In marriage. Parenting, okay. Talk soon.
4: Okay, well, abuse as a parent. I think, for one, us as parents have to realize that just because we're parents don't mean we're always right. Um, two, we need to listen sometimes to our children. Um, it's okay for our children to disagree with us as long as it's done in their respectful manner.
3: We still that. are
4: required to do what it is that we tell them to do. But we can't shut our kids down when they are expressing themselves or expressing their ideas or expressing um, their concerns. We can't um, name call. We can't discourage. Um, Mm -hmm. We can't plant seeds of negativity that can eventually grow into other things. Um, I think Mm -hmm. parents and being a parent myself, I think parents abuse the power of being a parent sometimes, and I'm not saying it all the time, and I'm not saying this like on a consistent basis. But I definitely believe that us as parents, we do abuse that authority, uh, probably more than we should, and, and it might explain um, again. Not saying that it's right, but it might explain why our children are the way they are right now. It might explain why. Sure. I'm our children are are, are chaotic and, and uneasy, um, and and wilding out for attention, because at some point, and and I say I'm not saying this for all cases, at some point they reached out, and there was nobody there to grab them. There was a parent that True. was being a bully, or a parent that wasn't listening, or a parent that wasn't being encouraging, or a parent that wasn't being supportive. Or a parent that pulls that, what I, because I'm the mother and that's what I say, or I'm the father and that's what I say. What I say goes, because that's true. What you say does go. But sometimes our children really, really, really need an outlet, and we are, as parents are quick to say, "Come talk to me if you need me. I'm here for you. You know, I want to be that. You know, that open vessel to you know address your questions and concerns." things of that nature, but the moment they bring something to us that we're uncomfortable about or that we really don't right. want to hear, we shut them down. Get on on my yeah. face, I don't want to talk about that. Are you not you too young to be discussing that or you don't need to know what that is, you know, we, we close that door instantly. And then they retreat, never come back. And then we wanna know why they're doing the things they're doing or saying the things they're saying or, you know, reaching out or hanging out with the people that reach, that they're reaching out or hanging out with. And, again, that's not all cases, that's not all situations, because we do know mm-hmm. that there are some kids, no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, they still, you know, turn Backed back out. or, you know, go the other way. But I think as parents, we have to remember we used to be kids too. We used to be teenagers as well. We had feelings. We had thoughts. We had concerns. We had issues. How did we feel? When we didn't have that door to walk through, how did we feel when our parents was demeaning us, degrading us, disrespecting us, talking to us sideways, cussing us out, Mm -hmm. mistreating us, neglecting us on some form or whatever the case may be? If if we don't plant positive and encouraging seeds with our children and somebody else is planting negative
2: seeds,
4: which one do you think is going to grow? Because mm-hmm. at home, they, they, you ain't paying them no attention. You, they can't get your attention because you with Baby Boo or you watching TV or you in your phone or whatever the case may be. There's always distractions in life. And like I said, that moment that child brings that uneasy topic to you, you shut them down. Now they're done. They don't want to talk to you no more. You're going to get that. Nothing. Right. And I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm good. You know, that's the kind of response mm-hmm. that you get. So I think as parents, we have to remember, um, one, we are all they have. We should be the positive light in their lives. We are supposed to be the the very first set of individuals, mother, father, whether you're a single mother, single father, or a 2 for parent household, whatever it may be. The parents are supposed to be the one consistent thing in a child's life that Showed love, patience, encouragement, support. Not saying that we ain't going to be mad at them, that they're not going to be disciplined or things of that nature, but there has to be some level of balance. It can't be all negativity. It can't be all, you know, discipline. It can't right. be all abuse. It can't be all downgrading, disrespecting, name-calling. It's got to be a balance between disciplining your child, uplifting your child, because nowadays if you look in the world, we got a lot of lost kids that that have no hope. And then the question is, how did they get that way?
2: True. And that brings me to uh, Ephesians 6 and 4 when it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instructions of the Lord. In Colossians 3 and 19, fathers, don't exasperate your children so they don't lose heart. And really what it's talking about is, like, don't get on your kid's nerves. What, everything you said, don't get on your kid's nerves. You know, don't agitate them. Don't get them to the point that they have to, like, lash out on you or they have to wail out in the street. And there was a young lady who talked to me about a a private matter. And she okay. had, um, and when she went to address it with her her parents, the parents started to like victim shame in the yeah. sense of like, oh well, you know, you know, you too friendly or, you know, that wouldn't have happened if you, you had done Ooh. something else versus not, you know, versus really understanding that somebody wicked took advantage of you. They didn't have to do that. They knew that you they knew that you kinda had a problem. And they they took advantage of that. And so instead of victim shaming or instead of, like, blaming the child, as a parent, we forget, we forget to, like you said, encourage our children, remind them that certain things, like, it's not your fault. And I grew up in a very, like, in a strict house. Like, literally, it was you going to church. You going to church, you coming home. You're doing your chores. You're getting good grades. You know, it was just it was a standard. It was a standard set, which is okay. But sometimes it just got to the point of hearing no too much. It was like no, you can't do that. No, you can't have this. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. So eventually, you just get upset. Like, I can't do nothing. I can't do mm-hmm. nothing. I can't go nowhere. I can't have nothing. So you kind of. In your own way, you get rebellious to get the thing yep. that you want. Or you start doing things to get attention. Like, you know, start having some some kids have tantrums. Some kids, they, you know, they get into weird and crazy things like witchcraft. Um, they get into all gangs. They get into all type of things because the main thing you said you have somebody who is not willing to bend or not willing to listen to you and as a parent you're supposed to do that you're supposed to talk to them you're supposed to listen to their weird stories that that what 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 they could tell you in 2 minutes it take them 10 you should have the patience for them and when you don't it do make them get discouraged it makes them feel like they can't trust you it makes them feel like they can't talk to you and then if you're the type of person that you feel like beating or whooping or um like excessive like punishment like you got to stay in your room you know if, if those are your methods those that hurts your children like just you just you beat them for everything you beat them because they wet the bed. You beat them because they didn't finish their dinner. You beat them, you know, it's like that's your method. And you and, and every situation does not call for a beating. Most kids will like you to sit down and explain to them boundaries. And they want you to set healthy boundaries with them about, I need you to go to bed at 10 because I'm going to have to wake you up at 6 to go to school. If you go to bed at 12 and I wake you up at 6, you're going to be cranky. Well, it might start an argument before you leave out for school, and so now you're going to school with a lot of that negative energy on you. Right. Because I, I, can, I can admit I used to be one of the parents like um. my kids, for whatever reason, will lose. my middle son, I don't know what it is, that boy will always lose his shoes. He could not find his shoes or his homework is in the kitchen and his backpack is in my closet. Like I don't know how it would everything would get mixed up. And I would find myself yelling before, you know, yelling at them before they got to the school got on got on the school bus or yelling at them if they didn't want to wake up on time. And I was just angry. I was just angry and I was just yelling. So one day it's like I saw myself, you know, I'm in the bathroom talking, and I just happened to look in the mirror like, what in the world are you doing? And I had to apologize, and I had to apologize to my children and constantly work on that to not send them out the house like that. And I realized at that point as a parent I was wrong.
4: Yeah. Like yeah.
2: they getting ready to leave. They getting ready to leave and spend eight hours a day. No wonder they may get into fights. No wonder they may get into arguments. No wonder they, you know, somebody say something to them and they just yelling and acting crazy because they didn't know what to do with that negative energy that you gave them. They upset about it. Their feelings are hurt. Yeah. So we as parents, we have to be mindful of what we're doing also, because you said that for you said it already. We're not always right in everything that we do. We're not. That's true. That's very true. And as parents, we got to
4: be willing to admit when we're wrong, um, apologize when we're wrong, because it's okay to apologize to your child, um, and then move forward, put a plan in place to move forward. It definitely has to be um, some checks and balances in place when you're in the position of authority. Um, where you don't come off yes. as just you, because you're in that authority that you know it all, you the know all be all of everything, every situation. Because that's not the case. But as far as parenting is concerned, um, we we can't we can't shut our kids out, we can't close the door, and we can't use the platform of being a parent to abuse our authority as a parent with our children. It, we mm-hmm. just can't. It's not right. And they go up
2: and, and they I, remember I it. Think that- and I think the worst type of parent to me is the "do as I say and not as I do." Like, mm-hmm. you know, just why? Because I said so. Like, you know, just just doing it because you can, or you know, just just being just being mean for no reason. It's it's just no it's no honoring that, and you're not doing anything but breeding the next generation of abusive or rebellious kids, like you said. But, you know, it's a lot of lost children out here. How did they get that way? There's a lot of people abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, putting men before their children, and even having their children have to live in some some strange situations. And it calls for a reality check on the adult you have to actually mm-hmm. sit down and do a self examination and say is what I'm doing how is it affecting my children how is it affecting my household what is the atmosphere like in my house and when you see that it's not right you yourself have to make some pause you have to make some changes and you you have to forgive yourself for being ignorant to not knowing what's right or making a wrong decision and then you have to just Work towards making it better. It's not going to change overnight, but you have to work towards making it better. Right. And
4: that's key, and that's all that really matters is is you putting forth the effort and making it better and that your children see that effort because then that allows them to drop the guard and open up to you like they should. Yeah.
2: So what do you think about – do you think husbands and wives can abuse their positions or abuse their authority in marriage? Yes,
4: most definitely.
2: Um, you see
4: and hear about abuse in marriages. Abuse and authority. You got the you got the the husbands or and or because you got some dominant wives as well, um that pull the you know, well, for men, I'm the man of the house. What I say goes, you know, with no regard to how the woman feels, what her opinion might be, you know, how she feels about things. Um, for a woman that might pull that, you know, she's a dominating, she has a dominant spirit and she runs or walks over um, her husband and not respecting the regard that he is the head of the house and, and, and how that order of things goes her God. Um, we have the husbands that, you know, they're the breadwinners and the wife may not work, work it, make as much or don't work at all and then, you know, you try to control the situation that way you abuse your, your spouse that way. Well, you know, I make all the money so you try to dictate their spending and try to dictate what they do or how they do it and um, mm-hmm. the, the approach um, on that uh, when it comes to the children, you know, not communicating with one another, or you know, going behind each other's back, doing things differently. Um, there's so many different forms of ways to to be disrespectful or, you know, to abuse your position in a marriage. Um and I really think it's because people don't really understand what their position is. You know, True. men you got some men that think just because they are the man and God says that they're the head that is, is so much more to come to that, though. So much more that comes with that other than you just being a man and, you know, I wear the pants. Well, women wear pants, too, so that don't mean nothing. to mean, stop saying that. <laughs> you know, right. there is, there's so many other things that a man, a, a godly man, um, a man that is following the word is supposed to do um, other than the fact of just being a man because that don't mean nothing because there are a lot of women. Um, that are single women, that are single parents, that are, you know, independent, that is running their household, and they do it just fine. You know,
2: it's out of the
4: order, though. God set a certain order. Um, And unfortunately, the world has fallen out of that order. But in that order, I think people misinterpret their role and position in that order and try to, you know, either, one, take advantage of that, you know, or, two, feel like, well, because they – think they special or think they are who they are over there that it's okay. <laughs> and it's not. I mean, you I have met some very arrogant spouses. I have. I have met I, I, said, I people. I have met some very arrogant people that are married, both male and female. And their stance on marriage or their stance on their position and the marriage will blow you away. You'd be like, dang, that's how you feel. Or, you know, the way they talk to their spouses, you know, being demeaning and disrespectful and, you know, undermining mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Like, there they are, and some of the things that I have heard, even some of the things that I have seen from individuals that I married, I'd be like, oh, my God, like,
0: that's not
4: healthy. And, oh, you mean, you you can just see the the issues that's within the marriage. And I think that um, people think that they, that they can't abuse their positions, or people think that, well, because, like I said, they are who they are in this situation, whether they're the breadwinner, uh, whether they're the man or the woman, you know, whether they take care of the house, don't take care of the house. I think, again, there should be checks and balances. If we are truly doing things according to the word, it it would diffuse a lot of the issues that you have. Now, of course, in any marriage or relationship period, there's going to be problems, uh-huh. there's going to be concerns, there's going to be issues. But how they're handled and how they're addressed makes all the difference in the world. And I think a lot of people don't handle or address those issues or concerns. Or if they do, they do it too late or they don't do it the right way.
2: All right. I think the big, to me, the biggest abuse of, of authority in marriage and a re, and in in a relationship, is setting a person up for fail. And I mean that by literally knowing that you're not ready for marriage, or you're not mm-hmm. ready for a situation, and you okay. literally like let this, <laughs> you let this woman go pick out a dress, pay for a wedding, or even a man, you let this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a home and all of this, and then you are just going to disrespect every vow that you took. Like, you are going to be uh, mismanaging the finances, you're going to be cheating, and then you're going to be abusive, like, how they how they talk about the the one he like groom you and make you think he's all nice and then it's like soon as you get married you you with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You don't know when he gonna <laughs> choke you out. You you know, you don't you know yeah. you ask you like you ask him if thirsty and next thing you know you woke up in the hospital and you got a broke jaw. You don't even know how you got there. You've been unconscious that long. You know, and I think they're just lying, just lying to people. That is, that is just, that's abuse in itself. That's like, that's emotional abuse in itself. And the other thing is like, um, I was asked the question earlier, uh, would cheating be considered authority abuse? You said cheating? And the person with cheating,
1: would that be considered
2: authority abuse? And so the um, the two perspectives was, no, one perspective was, no, it's not, because, like, if you, you know, like, kind of you keep forgiving a person or you allow them to do whatever they want, then, you know, that's, you know, that's pretty much, you can't say that they hurt you because you're letting them do it. But a lot of time and the other perspective was, it is authority abuse when you are withholding information, when you have time to go and do everything you want to do, you're neglecting your responsibilities at home, and then you turn around and use, well, I make the money. I make all the money. I could do what I want or um I'm the man, I'm the man you do what i you know you do what I say, and it's kind of like you're trying to force this person to accept something that they're not going to accept that is authority abuse. you're using your position as a husband or a husband or a wife or the person that brings in the income as a reason for you to be disrespectful mm-hmm.
3: now, now
2: that's, and that's not
3: okay.
2: right <laughs> and that's not you know that's that's not okay. That's not
4: that's that's not okay. No, it's not okay, and, and you definitely gonna pay for it. God gonna get you for that. For sure gonna get you for that. So people need to remember <laughs> that with every action, there's a reaction, and there's also a consequence. And then the question is, which consequences are you looking to accept? Which ones can you handle? You know, because at the end of the day. You know, people say that you know you play with people's feelings and you play with people's emotions and different things of that nature. There's a wrath that comes with that. But a person gets fed up with how they're being treated or not being treated, you know, it can it can get real ugly.
2: And it's it's a lot of it's a lot of people uh, it's a lot of people actually in some situations that. I think if they stepped outside of themselves, because I, I know I had to. There were some things going on. There was some things going on in my life that was like, wait a minute. This is not right. And uh, I can't go another day like this. You know, it's not right. And we have people who put their parents in their situations, and the parents think that they can run your marriage, run your relationship, when you are the two people in the relationship. And you have to talk, you know. You have to communicate, and you have to get through things. And the um, they always, you know, the Bible always refers to like the angry woman. What happens when you're in the house with an angry man? Yeah. And he thinks that yelling and breaking stuff, slamming doors, and and walking, you know, just walking around. You know, you know how you just walk around and it's like you got that. Don't say nothing to me. Don't touch me. Don't look my way. Or and it's wow. almost like you you make everybody in the house fearful of you. That's not the way you're supposed to be. And that's the male. That's the male or the female. That's not how you're supposed to be, because now you you're causing problems for up. You're causing problems to the household in general. Yep.
4: And it trickles down to the spouse, to the kids. It trickles down.
2: And now you wonder why you get all on phone calls from school because your kids can't keep their hands to themselves, or they they talking too much, yelling at everybody. They don't have any respect for authority because they don't respect you. And and they see their other they see constant
4: disrespect at home. So I mean, yes. what do you expect? for them, if, if they see, you know, their mom or their dad constantly being disrespected, you know, or constantly, you know, being talked to a certain kind of way or treated a certain kind of way, you know, at the end of the day, parents don't like to admit it, but our kids are a product of their environment and what they see is what they gravitate to because I totally agree with you when you hear parents say, do as I say and not as I do. No, they're going to do as you do. We're not going to do as you say unless the two line up together. That's the only time you don't have a problem with that. If what you say is what you do and it's it's the right thing, then yeah, you're in a good position. Mm-hmm. But if what you stand don't line up with what you're doing, then nine times out of ten they're gonna gravitate to what you're doing because what you stand don't really carry a whole lot of weight.
2: Absolutely, and uh, and you see a lot of it in um, you see a lot of it in sibling relationships also. Because, you see, you have, um, you have like, the older sibling. They're the one that's usually, like, responsible, so they're the one kind of to tell everybody what to do. And sometimes they're not right with how they handle things. And the middle child is usually the one that's quiet, but when the oldest one is gone, they get a chance to, you know, say something or do something. And I see um, a lot of siblings where they don't know they don't know when to they don't know how to treat each other and you see a lot of a lot of children feel like they're grown or think they're grown and so they 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 manifest that when they want they they manifest that when they want to but they don't understand like the constantly picking at the smaller child like just because you can tell them what to do is this a situation for you to tell them what to do if they're sitting down, minding their own business, and they're being quiet, and you're going, you're just going to them to want to make them do something just because you can. That's wrong. Or you making, you know, you're constant. It's like soon as you come into an area, or as soon as you come, you come into a situation. Now the situation is all out of proportion. It's extra drama. It's you know, you have to still, you still have to respect that other person. Yeah, and if you can't get them to do something, they have a parent, and they're looking at you. You know, just just as like you have the older siblings and the younger ones, just like you could see things in the younger siblings. The younger sibling could see things in you. They could see how irresponsible you are. They could see how, like, you gravitate towards drama or you want a whole bunch of attention, so you just start acting out. They could see that in you as well. So their respect level for you, they may not even have respect for you at all. They would probably prefer their parents telling them what to do versus you. And then when they don't do what you ask. You know, when they don't do what you ask, it's like you pick you picking at them, or you you think you can hit them, or you think you can rule over them, and you're you're wrong. You're you're in the wrong. That,
3: that's so I think people true.
2: need to. Yeah, I think people really need to definitely treat people how you want to be treated. If you know you don't want to be yelled at and nagged and nitpicked, don't do it to other people no matter their no matter their age or sex anything don't do it because i know right now with with the children in the world today it's there some of them are not being looked after or what they have to behold what they have when they walk home and the things that they have to see they already have their mind made up of i don't want to be like this i want to be like this they already have their mind made up of who and what they want want to be and what they want to do, and when you and it's like any time you try to challenge them, that's why some of them are so headstrong. Is because of what they're having to what they are having to behold when we when everybody else is not around, and a lot of it a lot of it is very disrespectful situations.
4: That's true. And if we have any callers that got any input so far? Questions, concerns, comments? Let me check.
2: No, we don't. We don't. Hold on, I got Are one. You? I got one. Hold oh. on. Hold on. Okay. All right. All right. Caller. Caller five
0: two four three. Yes. Hey, sister Tina. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you, Sister Latree? I'm good. I'm so glad you all had this topic. The young lady, everything she was saying is like she was speaking to me about the parenting. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was one of them parents, do what I say, and, you know, I want to be bothered, whatever, you know, <clears throat> and not want to have to put up with it and stuff, and the argument. And I had to learn that going through, because my children were just not coming home. <clears throat> And I had to learn that, first of all, to apologize. Let me say apologize to my children. Because I was one of my parents, I'm right, you're wrong, you do what I say, that's it. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot in me, first of all, to even apologize to my children for what I did. And to humble myself. Mm -hmm. And to know that I don't always have to be right. Going through family mm-hmm. therapy and, and and doing all of these things, I had to learn how to. Like my therapist, they were saying, "Pick your battles." You know, mm-hmm. having to always argue with my children, telling them what to do, mad at them and stuff, and upsetting them is upsetting me and upsetting my household, and that's not right. They're children. They're not. I'm not their dictator. You know, so I don't have to, you do this, you do it right now, and, this, you know, that's not right. That's not how you used to raise children, you know, and that's how I was raised. It's no excuse, but yet and still, I have to learn that doing this, it's not right for my children. They don't respect me. I'm always nagging. I'm always yelling, and I don't like that. I don't like that in myself. So I had to learn a different way of how to parent my children. It was mm-hmm. hard because, like I say, they've been gone for so long, and I was not used to, you know, taking care of them. But now it's getting back into that fold and, and learning that how to reconnect with my children. And that's what I'm trying to do is reconnect with them and not be so much of a dictator to them and learning how to talk to them. Because I don't I didn't know how to talk to my children. You know, it's like, okay, whatever, you know, I'll deal with it later. Like you say, watching TV, being on the phone, putting other things before my children. And mm-hmm. so they don't want to talk to me. And I don't like that. And I need to change that. Also, you're talking about relationships. Going through that. Like you say, if you don't want to be in a relationship, if you're not ready for that commitment, you need to let that person know. Step up and say something. Do, don't do waste that person's time. If you want to see other people, you want to do something, you let that person know. But don't play with people's emotions and feelings when they invested their time in you. And you're mm-hmm. not ready for that because that's not fair, especially when there's children involved. You know, if you're in it for selfish reasons, that's not right especially when somebody's That's putting that time and emotion in you and you steady want to run a street and you steady want to talk to other females and you steady want to get on websites and all this other stuff and talking to other people. That's not right. If you're not ready for that commitment, let them know. If you want to see other people, you need to let them know. But you don't play with people's emotions and feelings when you know you're not ready for that commitment and you still want to play the field.
2: Well, I was Latrice. I applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your. Thank you for your input. So that was strong mm. and it was right. And I applaud yes. you for even. I applaud you for even going to family therapy and hearing what what had to be said and taking it in and just trying it. It's it's that not is. um. You know, it's not gonna change overnight. It's a process, and I mm. just respect you for. I respect you for going through the process.
4: So, mm-hmm. kudos mm-hmm. to you. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Kudos. I, agree mm-hmm. I would I would,
3: mm-hmm.
4: Mr. Priest, encourage you to just keep on mm-hmm. pushing, keep on trying. Mm-hmm. Every day not going to mm-hmm. be a good day, but as long as mm-hmm. you know you put forth the effort, your kids will see the effort. Eventually, they'll mm-hmm. drop their guard. Eventually, the relationship will get mm-hmm. better. You just don't get weary in your. Well doing, and we're all mm-hmm. human. You're, just because you're a mother, don't make you perfect. Doesn't make you mm-hmm. um, invisible to making mistakes. There's no book mm-hmm. and manual to being a parent. Just be the best you can be for yourself and for your babies. And it'll get better. I'm praying for y'all, and just just keep on pushing. Don't give up. And I'm praying that you know mm-hmm. it's,
3: it's,
4: sooner than later that God touches mm-hmm. that situation and heals heals the exactly. hurt. Hears the, the frustrations mm-hmm. You know, heals everyone mm-hmm. And that you guys collectively come together As a family mm-hmm. and love on one another And encourage yes. one another to do well Um, You yes. just, just keep on Keep on holding on Keep on praying Keep on seeking God Keep him first in the situation yes. And you and your babies are going
2: to be alright definitely.
0: Amen. Amen. definitely Well, thank you, you
2: yeah. Well, thank you, Latrice uh, I got another call Um uh, a okay. four four. Caller four four eight four. I'm coming to you. Hello, caller four four eight four. How are you this evening?
1: I'm doing fine. How are you? Um, I'm okay. Me and my mother and my mother's listening into the show, and um. Okay. I'm a young male, and um, I would just like to say some things. I, I really, really, really appreciate the woman that just came on and talked. Um, she, what she said is just everything me and my mother is going through. I feel as though, you know, not only does my mother owe me apology, but I owe myself and my mother apology for not being the man. And for basically um, just the situation and scenario that we're going through. But my, my... My my thing was um, hello. I hear you. Go ahead. Oh. Oh okay. My thing was um when it comes to relationships, I think I think basically as a young male observing out here, I think that um when it comes to relationships, the women um if they're not approached properly, then they take a they take a form into their own. Um, demise Meaning
3: mm-hmm. If
1: a woman okay. If if a woman basically um, If a woman basically Is not approached properly by a man Then she She ends up You know what I mean um, Dealing with insanity And when she deals with insanity She ends up being programmed like a parrot To repeat things that she mm-hmm. hear And say But don't know where they're coming from So I really think um, that the women should be approached properly. I think when it comes to relationships, um, a lot of men, a lot of women function out of a male psychology, and that you know they um in return um have they they approach situations from a male approach, you know. And I think that I mean it's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, you know these are women that we're speaking of. So a woman Absolutely. basically is supposed to use her whole body and not just her mind, you know. So when a woman shows up with her presence, you know, it's really, 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 um, it's really important that her her presence speaks for herself, you know. Um, just just her presence alone has men's eyes catching her catching men's eyes attention, you know. So I'm, I'm not going to take up the show, mm-hmm. but I just want to I just want to say that um. I just wanna say that basically a lot of false relationships you know um a lot of women take um a form into their own let me just say this a lot of a lot of people are being exploited because of their ignorance around sex and um they, wow. sh- they shouldn't. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be this way on this planet as a young male. This is just how I see things. I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong. You know, I'm only nineteen so but I appreciate it. Go ahead. Yeah, but me and my mom me and my mom listening in and you know, um I just think that, you know, when it comes to relationships, I don't think it's about a commitment. I think it's about a vow that you you committed you basically said to that other person and you basically said to God that you would be patient. I've noticed that in a lot of relationships the woman isn't patient anymore, and neither are the men. You know, the men I heard a man say today that he he couldn't he couldn't be able to be that patient enough with the female and I'm like, Wow, you know, that's cool and all dandy, but you would never know the joys that that comes with Knowing what a woman is, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wow. think that a woman needs to be approached properly.
2: Oh, let me say this to you, young man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for commenting. And that when you mm-hmm. said that if a woman is not, um, you said if she's not approached properly, she plays a part in her own demise. Mm-hmm. I think that is the most profound statement I heard and at nineteen years old if you know that I believe you're gonna be a very successful man. Whatever whatever path you choose. If you have that wisdom at night, that's wisdom. So I thank God for giving I thank God for giving you wisdom. I think I thank God for your eyes to see and observe and your mind to understand. So know that whatever is you know, whatever is going on, do what you you know, I don't know what your relationship with God is, and I hope you have one because if you don't get you a relationship with God, He can trust you with information, He could talk to you, He could give you downloads and words of wisdom and words of knowledge. oh my goodness, I think you are a very powerful man, and I thank you for commenting. I thank you for just chiming in mm. to comment because that was a word of as as a thirty seven year old woman and a minister. Thank you because that was a word of wisdom even for even for me. <laughs> Thank you
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show
2: Alright Alright awesome. Let me tell you that was powerful Let me tell you that was powerful Let me tell you that was powerful You hear me? Yeah. That was yeah. powerful because As soon as he started talking I, I, went, I, went, I went back I went back in my life over Several relationships <laughs> And I went back I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. I went back I to how busy. I went you hear me? I went back yeah. to like how I was approached. how I was approached. And usually if it was the hey girl or hey little mama then last. All wrong. Waste of time. If I was ever called out my name or had to deal with any type of situ- any type of situation the initial approach was all wrong, so I I, I just I'm, I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for it. That he for him all to keep, be nineteen. All of them, ain't, they, all of them ain't lost. You hear me? All of them
4: not lost. I I agree. I agree. And for him to be nineteen, <laughs> that's awesome. But I do want to comment or make a comment to him. I know there's him and his mom are listening. He, when he first got on the line, he said him and his mom are going through the similar thing that Miss Patrice. Let's He said I might say her name wrong. It's going through, mm-hmm. um, and he said he owed his mom an apology, and his mom owed him an apology. I'm encouraging the two of you to start there. Whatever it is, or whatever happened, apologize and move forward. Um, you only get one mother. Um, you know, God don't give us a bunch of mothers. We get young. We might get individuals in our lives. I might play that role as our supportive, and things of that nature. Um, but whatever it is, whatever whatever issues are between the two of you, make it right. Life is too short. As you watch the news and see what's going on in the world, life is too short. Whatever it is, make it right. You are a um, very smart young man, very observant young man. Your mom has to some of that in you. You got to have to get that from being in your mom's presence and watching some things. That your mom has done, or things of that nature. So I'm encouraging you to to build on your relationship. You're 19. Tomorrow is the promise. You never want to have that regret if the Lord decides to take one of y'all. Like I should have fixed that, or I should have done that, or I should Absolutely. have apologized. To her. so whatever it is, no matter how big or how small, it ain't gonna change overnight. But start mending that relationship. And I love the fact that y'all are listening together. Embrace one another yeah. and, and, and make that apology and move forward and having an awesome awesome mother and son relationship because that's big and that's key. I mean, at 19 years old, you're going to need your mother. Keep living. If you keep on living, you are going to need your mom. So I encourage you to to just hold on. Um, like Miss Tina said, if you don't have a relationship with God, get you one. Get you a prayer life and do things the right way. But I I'm, I'm loving the feedback and the comments. Um that was that was a profound because I sat here like yes,
2: Yeah, me have to <laughs> that was a gut that was a gut punch. I said, Thank you And they said and a yes. child shall lead down. I, I I submitted to I submitted to that statement, amen. But um <laughs> No, but I and I want to say I want to say to the mom also that um, you know no matter we not always right as parents and we don't do things right as parents. But one thing I could tell you about the men children they are blessings from God. They are they are our heritage. They are our heritage and love on your son because he could be doing anything. But the fact yep. that he's listening to the fact that he is listening to a show with you and his ears are open and his mind is open and his heart is open, this is the perfect time that sometimes don't rehash the past and you did this to me, and you did that sometimes just say "I'm sorry, and that that warm embrace that exchange from heart to heart it it yes. will heal both of it will heal both of you and I just, I just pray that I'm, I'm just speaking and I'm standing in agreement that God gonna do it. Yes, He is. That He gonna do I, it.
4: I second that. I second that. There is no battle too big for Him. No problem or issue too big. God can not fix it. Go to Him in prayer, and you put forth your efforts, and God watch God work. I, I, I tell my son that all the time when he gets discouraged about things. In his life, I'm like you. Keep a prayer life, say in your word, do your part, and watch him work. Because he definitely and works some serious miracles and works some things out that you didn't see or wasn't expecting or don't understand. Um, and and I, I, I it ties along with authority. You know, having authority yes. over your prayer life, having authority over your relationships in the sense of in a, in a good way though not in a bad way, you know, taking control of of yourself and your relationships and understanding that we are all individuals, we are all humans. We all have our own separate issues as well as whatever issues we have in our relationships that we have. And it's just important to stay encouraged that it's not lost for those mothers and children that's having issues for those husbands and wives that's having issues, mm-hmm. you know, managers and coworkers that's having issues. It's not lost. It's not. It's not a lost cause if you trust and believe that it can be
2: done. It will be. And to our final subject, that <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> authority abuse in the church leadership.
0: Don't get quiet on the camera.
2: <laughs>
4: yes, that you know. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's that that is a it is a much needed conversation. But it's a touchy conversation, you know, because I yes, it I was I was looking at some different things as far as authority. You know and and how unfortunate it is that we have individuals that have the knowledge and the platform to elevate so many people around them to to mm-hmm. help evolve and help lead and help develop. Individuals And instead of And I ain't saying this about everybody In the ministry But there are some Instead of embracing the power that God Called you to have The anointing that God Has placed on your life to be a, uh, To be a shepherd Of his people There are unfortunately So many Individuals in that seat That is abusing that where it's the, again, do what I say, not as I do because I'm the pastor of the church or I'm the choir director or I lead the usher board or I'm the head <laughs> deacon or, you know, whatever your role <laughs> yeah. is in the church. Um, we are all here for one purpose, and that's to serve the Lord and put in the work and build in kingdom build. We are not here to make people feel bad about what they wore or because they're not as seasoned as you are or, you know, because mm-hmm. they couldn't pay tides this month or, you know, church folks, I'm going to say church folks, <laughs> has it really bad with stepping into a position of authority in the church and forgetting, one, where they come from, two, who they are outside mm-hmm. of the church, So yes. in the church, I have all this power. I have all this, this prestige and command. And outside the church, I ain't worth two pennies because my life don't line up with the role that God has seen or the role that I either put myself in in the church. And we step over people. We rude, We nasty. We disrespectful. We, we, I mean, just spread out dishonoring on so many levels. You know, why you sitting on my pew, or that's my seat or that's my song, or can you not touch that because I paid for that, or, I mean, I'm supposed to be one reading the announcement. So, I mean, we kick at each other and about, watch so, it. Much, about <laughs> so much that is it's sad, and we're running people away. We're running people out of the church. You know, I can't be... Over new leaders, new new members, and I'm asking the folks, I'm I'm I treat people any kind of way, I talk to people any kind of way. What examples mm-hmm. am I setting for individuals that's new to Christ, new to the Lord, or trying to re you know rededicate themselves because they fell off and they trying to get back in? And you know, I I think well because I'm not just gonna put it on the pastors as abusing their powers. Anyone in the church. That have
2: leadership mm-hmm.
4: leadership roles that abuse the people that are up under them that report to them that they interact with or work with and you do it in a way that is just so ungodly with you in church and a, and a quote of scripture it's just as quick as they open up their mouth but don't know mm-hmm. what they what it really means um. I think that if, I don't know, watch how I say this. <laughs> I, I, I tell, I'm going I'm to I'm say it like this. I've been in church most of my life, straight away from church for a short period of time in my life where I was just doing me, got back into church because God, you know, I was convicted on some things in my life and God was like, "It's time to come home. So I got back in the church and really started working on my relationship with God. And I'm married to a minister, which is crazy because never saw that in my life, but God showed me his calling before he even accepted it.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
4: So of course I encouraged and to push that. So I see a lot of things in ministry and I hear about a lot of things, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I have a totally different outlook and perspective on ministers and pastors and people in leadership in the church than I have ever had. I guess when you don't really know what's going on, you speculate. Mm-hmm. And you have your you have your own quote unquote opinions about who somebody is or what somebody does. But when you're as close to it as I am now, and I wasn't before, and I'm not a minister. Um, However, I interact with a lot of them, and I see a lot of things, and I just, I'm just so disheartened at the things that I see—the men and women of God that wear the cloth or that wear leadership roles inside of the church and how they behave, how they do things, mm-hmm. how they treat their people, how they talk to people, how they carry themselves. I mean, I am disheartened, uh, and I, I just—it's sad. Me, because you stand before people in meetings and the church and Sunday school and you know the auxiliaries that that's in the church and you give these spills, you know, like you Jesus are next to him, I don't know, and it don't line up with how you act and how you talk and things of that nature and, and seeing how you interact with people. and You know, your shepherd for the shepherd of the flock to be messed up, we all are messed up, but for them not to conduct themselves in a manner that they're supposed to conduct themselves in, it is definitely discouraging, um, and it makes you question, okay, well, if he ain't right, or at least try <laughs> his best to live right, why, Why am I here? here? Why am I following? Why am I listening? What is it that you truly have to say to me or offer to me living the way that you're living and doing the things that you're doing? I just I'm so disheartened Tina, I ain't gonna lie, I'm so disheartened at some of the stuff that well, seen, I mean some of the stuff that I hear and I've seen and witnessed on my you know, with individuals that call you know, themselves to in the church.
2: But you know that I think what people get off abusing authority is they they get, you know, we talked about it before, they get caught up in the power that I'm I'm in control. Right, and one of the biggest right. things that happens when you start to abuse your authority is that you you feel like you, you know, being a person of the cloth there are there are some people who feel like they are in charge of like your elevation and mm-hmm. how they 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 can gauge how you know you're not there yet, or no it's not time for you here, and like you say, you have the ability to elevate so many people not so much elevate you have the ability to cultivate to teach to impart, yep. and it's like they withhold yep. they withhold they withhold knowledge of even actual real church etiquette, um, pulpit etiquette, altar work etiquette, um, it's so many things and so many teachings that could go forth and it's like you hold it for yourself and, and it, it, it makes it seem like you have that much power because you have the information and other people don't. And when you get in when you get into it for game you know, you get into it for game purposes of like, you know, you want you want so much money paid, you want um every time you look up you asking for money. You 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 know you only let this person sing or only this person could preach and and it's like you, you don't even you don't even really wrap your mind around the whole concept of being a shepherd. And the Bible actually, and the subject we're talking about is so real that the Bible have 20 scriptures on, yep. authority, on authority abuse from the workplace to marriage to parenting and even being in leadership in the church. And 1 Peter 2 and 3 says, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion." but voluntarily according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not is it lording lording it over those allotted to your charge, but providing to be examples to the flock. That's the, that, that right there is your job description. You're supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to be guiding. It's not about making a name for yourself. It's not about having an agenda it's not about putting other people down because the more you the more you grow the people the more your congregation will grow and when i say grow the people put that information out there that's good pastures sheep like to eat in good pastures so if they yeah. if that sheep eating a good if that sheep eating a good pasture don't you think he's going to go get another sheep they, everybody yep. want to glean in the good grain. You feel me? Everybody wants the good word. But when all you have is your family or your friends, you have rule over them from the natural state anyway. If you're the father or you're the mother, you have rule over your household anyway. And when you when you are so small-minded that you cannot deal with other people that could possibly challenge your view or bring something else to the table, step down. It's not a, a do-as-you-say type of thing. You were called to do a job. And you get so many people, like you said, you run so many people off with that bad attitude. That macho that macho attitude or really it's a Jezebel spirit. You want everybody to you want to control everything and everybody and you can't. You can't. And that's one of the biggest things that call that's one of the biggest things that run people off is being controlled. Being controlled. Just to hear yourself talk. You will preach a two hour sermon where you haven't said anything (laughs) but everybody gon don't laugh. (laughs) Everybody gonna sit there because that's such and such. Or you you feel like you could just hold you 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 that's mad control. You just sitting there holding people you know, you holding them and the spirit has come and gone if it ever came. Well, and then you intimidate, and and back to the initial points I said, intimidate. You get angry, you cussing the people out, you hollering, yelling, slamming your door, don't want nobody to talk to you. I've seen some people like that. Then, you, you know, uh, what they say, you invade other people's privacy. I don't know about you, but sometimes... I watch what I put on Facebook and it's not it's not about like so many like people at my church but I watch what I put on Facebook simply because it's so many people who have a high expectation who feel like they control what you should post, what you what you what you should post on your Facebook, what you shouldn't post, if you thought this was funny or if something says something about a horoscope, it's not a God and they and and they forget that you're a person. I know you're not supposed to be dabbling in the horoscope or whatever, 'cause that's in your code. But if something was funny, you know, like uh, you know, some of the memes that come across, they be funny,
3: Yeah. and you post yeah.
2: it. You got people You got people that won't even say hi to you at church, but when I tell you they done scrolled through all 10 years of your ever being on Facebook and they looked at this and they looked at that and they sent this picture and, that, and then they go back and they, they reporting stuff to the pastor telling him, you know, what you, you know, uh, they shouldn't be posting this on Facebook or they shouldn't be doing this and they shouldn't, you know, that's my privacy. As long as I'm not really putting up there something that, say, I worship Satan or something disrespecting and defaming the pastor or my church that I go to, why are you on my page? I don't know if you have to deal with that, but uh-uh. I know I, I'm telling you, I know, I know I had to just, I had to kind of put up a filter to... I almost started the second page so I could be myself.
4: Well, I really think that a lot of people that's on social media, um, they're one way on social media and another way in public, and that doesn't apply to everybody. But what I think Mm -hmm. happens is when individuals don't have no business and they want to be in everybody else's
0: business,
4: Then they find themselves in in folks' business running their mouths, and I think that, and and it ties together. I feel like any person that's of leadership in the church, if you allow someone else to come to you and talk to you about someone else and their business, unless it's life-threatening or harmful to their health or family health, you don't have no business entertaining that. You have no business mm-hmm. allowing someone else to disrespect or or talk about another member of your flock, whether it's valid or not, whether it's true or not. You know, whether because mm-hmm. if it comes from that person's mouth, it's hearsay. If I don't come to you, Sister Tina, and tell you what's going on with me, and somebody else does, it's hearsay. There's no factual basis to that. Because I'm not the individual that told it to you. Some other person told it to you because they felt the need to have a conversation. And they just needed something to talk about. So they chose me for the day. Yeah. Or whatever the case may be. I think it's an abuse of power for anyone in leadership to talk to a member in confidence and then come around and tell somebody else what was talked about. I think that is yes. abuse of your power. If I come to you, whether you're a deacon a mother, you know, head of the nurse's board, associate minister, whatever your title is in the church, if I come and have a conversation with you because I feel like I can trust you and discuss some things that's going on with me and then I hear about it the following Sunday because you done told this person and they done told this person, that's an abuse of your power. I just think that yes. we have more individuals in the seat of leadership that don't truly understand what it means to be a leader, don't know how to be a leader. Absolutely. And if if they do, they don't care about the consequences of their actions because, you know, you got to be careful how you treat God's people. You got to be careful how you talk to them, how you treat them, and the manner that you do it in because God will get you for that too. You know, you, you can't say, oh, well, I'm the pastor, and I want it this way because I said so. You can't do that because that ain't right. You know, you you got to yes. be willing to be open minded and and open to suggestions and things of that nature. But you got to also know how to communicate to people what it is that you need to have done and what you want to have done. And you can't expect that just because you are the pastor or the deacon, head of the de- whatever your title may be. You can't just run off the fact that that's your title or so what you say goes. That, that's not how Right. You work.
2: And you definitely have to be uh you have to be careful not to be a hog either. There are some people that like you can't get in the kitchen without them fussing at you. You can't decorate without them. Well, you got to go through me, or I do this, or I do that, and then you have yep. to share it. You have you have to be what you have to be willing to share because everybody everybody brings something, and if you, as any type of leader in 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 the church in the body, if you allow gossip, or if you yep. know of some wrongdoing, if you know of some wrongdoing, somebody skimming off the um. Offering, not depositing the money correctly, you know whatever the case may be. If you know of some wrongdoing, and you allow it to go on, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of that of, of the position that you're holding. You're not worthy because you have to address it because you have other people watching. You have other people watch you show favoritism or what they say, avoid confrontation or avoid conflict. Like you have to be the person in place to resolve it and to really follow the scripture of this is how it's supposed to be, this is the po- this is how it's supposed to go. And that's that. And that's be it's not because of what you said, that's because this is what the word of God said. It's not <clears throat> excuse me, It's if you were given that position because you were you were trustworthy or you were worthy of of the standards that God set, and the people selected you because they thought that you would do it, and that's that's like any position because like you we do a lot of voting in church, and so people raise their hand and say "I nay whatever but people people voted you and put you people voted voted you in into into these positions, or it was like you know on on some aux- auxiliaries, it just kind of go around the circle. So it's your turn. You have to do right by your position. You have to do right. And when you and when you get in position, and it go to your head, and you start what they what they call you start set tripping, and you <laughs> you talking crazy, you know you set tripping. You, you can only have this many programs or you this many envelopes or. Don't touch this fan. This is my fan. You know, when you when you start acting like that, it shows your immaturity and it shows that you're not ready to be in a leadership position because you want people to follow you. You want people, you know, you don't reinvent you don't reinvent the wheel but you wanna you wanna make it turn so good that people will follow your pattern. You want you you want to set that example so that I want to I want to keep it just like this, but I may want to add a couple more events. I want to add a little Bible study here, a little prayer meeting there, a little fellowship here, a little fellowship there. That's about it, because it it, it it's gonna it's gonna run. But we have to be careful because we make we make people feel uncom- we we tend to make people feel uncomfortable. We make people uncomfortable. And that is one of the things that I would say that hinders, it hinders church growth so much. Nobody wants to belong to a disorganized, they don't, no one wants to belong to organized chaos. Oh, amen to that.
4: That's a word right there. (laughs) Say that preach. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> Organized chaos. That's the word right there. I, I just really think that um, when you're in leadership in the church, remember that you're responsible for those that you come in contact with. You're responsible for how you handle um, individuals, and the last thing that you want. It's for someone to come back and say, oh, well, you know, I left the church because of so-and-so, or, you know, I, I didn't feel welcome, so I didn't do And, again, we, we, not to say that you make excuses for why you don't come to church or why mm-hmm. you're not pursuing a relationship with God or things of that nature, but I think it's important that we remember that everybody that we come in contact with inside of those four walls and outside of those four walls um, is key. It's crucial to kingdom building. And if we don't do things the right way and if we get to filling ourselves too much and, and getting on our high horse because we're the pastor or the associate pastor or the head deacon, trustee, mother, usher, whatever the case may be, um we we got to remember that God is watching us. Yes, he is. And it's important to keep things in perspective because if we don't, we'll we'll be responsible for the souls. That's like blood on your hands because you're responsible for the souls that was lost because of your actions. Now, for those that are genuinely just making excuses, and because they don't want to do right, that's different. But for somebody that you truly impacted or someone that you truly caused to stray or fall off or go a different way, you're responsible for that. You are responsible for that. And I just, I don't know, my motto in life is treat people how you want to be treated. I don't care who you are. Absolutely. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how many sermons you preach. Whatever the case may be, treat individuals the way you want to be treated. And for those individuals that are not where you are, embrace them and help them get where you are. Give them some tools to help them get where you are. Whether it's encouraging. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we can't look down, and I think church folks look down their noses at people. We we have this attitude about individuals that's not where we are in in our spiritual walk in our lives personally, where we are in the church, you know, we get assigned a title and we just lose all common sense. Like I said, who I am inside the church don't line up with who I am outside of the church because inside right. the church I'm important, you know, because I'm just so-and-so and I can do this and I can mark orders at you and I can pass said I can do, you know, but outside the church I ain't, I ain't worth crap, you know, so if it don't right. line up. You humble yourself and, and, and do the God's work Because that's what you're doing it for anyway, right?
0: Is that what we're doing? God's Absolutely. work. <laughs> I don't
4: God's need work. no title to do God's work I'm going to be honest with you <laughs> Not at all,
2: Not at all. Work, And I don't want a title I don't need a title to do his work Or a title to stay in his will That's where I want to be Because that's the safest place Yes, so, yes, yes so with that being said, Miss Tamra, you have any final thoughts? I just want to encourage everybody, you
4: know, to remember that um, whether you are in a position of authority or not, every day is a new day. Embrace it as such. Every day that God gives us on this earth is a new day. Every day that we are able to wake up is a new day. So whatever is done yesterday, let's try to make it better tomorrow or today. Let's let's not um crucify one another for past mistakes. Let's not crucify one another for not being where the other person is. Um let's encourage one another, stay in God's will. The only way to stay in God's will is to stay in God's word and do your best to live your Amen. life accordingly.
2: And I just want to close with a prayer saying, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for each person that presented themselves on the line. Father, we ask that they are blessed going out and they are blessed coming in. Father, we thank you, and we ask that you establish the correct authority in them. Father, that they walk in you. Father, that whatever position that they are, whether they hold a position in the church, a parent, or in a marriage, in a friendship, in a relationship, a student, or a teacher, Father, that you help them to treat people the way that they want to be treated. Father, your word says that you know the plan that you Have for our life and it's not to harm us But to prosper us and give us An expected end and Father we ask that You strengthen each relationship and, Father, we thank you for the two callers that called and we that spoke. And, Father, we ask for a special blessing for them, Father, that you would do some things to work the situations out. Your word says that you would perfect those things concerning us. And, Father, the things that are concerning them and any other call on this line, Father, we give it to you right now at this very moment, Father, that you do your thing. Father, you know what's best. And we know that all things work for the good of them that love the Lord and are called to his purpose. And we ask for strength. We ask for peace. We ask for joy that only you can give us and that's the away because the world didn't give it to us, Father. And we thank you. We thank you because you're sovereign. We thank you because you are our burden bearer. We thank you because you are the lifter of our heads. And, Father, we would lift up holy hands to you, and we tell you thank you. And we ask that you do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can imagine or think. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So y'all be blessed, and thank you for, <laughs> so be thank you for calling into the woman cave. We will you see you next
0: week. Talk to you
2: later.
0: Good night. Now.
4: Good
2: night.
0: You too.
1: version of yourself hopefully this song helps you take that first step